Hello and welcome to Full Contact Nerd, where we talk about fiction and storytelling in all its forms. From the weird to the fantastic, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, mysteries, anything you can ask for, we have it. I'm Chris Alvarez and thank you for listening. I'm speaking with Dr. Simone Briani, co-author of Italian Science Fiction, The Other in Literature and Film. Uh, thank you for speaking with me. Thank you, Chris, for this opportunity. So first, tell me, how did you get into um, studying and writing on this subject? So I became interested in science fiction in 2005 when I started, uh, when I was living in Italy uh, and Berlusconi was uh, the Prime Minister. He was also the owner of the of three main TV networks uh, and uh, uh, so my everyday reality we had this kind of, you know, this president uh, who, uh, whose face was uh, uh, completely remade with plastic surgery. Uh, um, and uh, he, he also owned these uh, networks uh, in which uh, he presented a very problematic uh, uh, view of women. And uh, so I approached uh, the science fiction of, uh, of uh, uh, James Ballard, in particular the Atrocity Exhibition, uh, a text uh, that was written uh, at the end of the 1960s and talks uh, about a man lost uh, in this kind of media scape. Um, so science fiction for me wasn't really predictive. It was a genre that uh, talked uh, about the reality that I was uh, living. And then I started to uh, to work on migration literature, uh, to, on Italian migration literature, uh, and I became really interested uh, on uh, the works uh, uh, written by migrants, in particular from uh, the Horn of Africa, from Italy's former colony. Uh, Berlusconi was uh, particularly proud of Italy's colonial past uh, uh, and uh, Italian identity. Uh, so, uh, with this book, uh, uh, both myself and Daniele Comberiati, uh, who is also an expert uh, in Italian post-colonial immigration literature, we wanted to see how the themes of migration and colonialism are revisited in genre literature. Mm -hmm. So, I see that uh, the book covers 1861, as, as the blurb says, the year of Italy's unification to the present day. Um, how do you how do you lay out the book? Is it chronological, or do you go by themes? We uh, we actually uh, the, the structure of the book is chronological. Uh, we start from uh, the from the role that science fiction played in uh, creating uh, Italian identity. Of course, uh, uh, the first patriots uh, also wrote science fiction, and they imagined a future of this country that didn't didn't exist. Italy uh, was unified in 1861. And the role of science fiction was also important in creating national identity by contrast, by creating the other, by creating aliens. Uh, um, this also kind of 
created a, a, a shared idea about what humanity is, and in particular a humanity that spoke Italian, and that started to colonize the world. One of the texts that we um, analyze in the book is, uh, is called Giornale Illustrato dei Viaggi dell'Aventura, the, journal, the illustrated journal of, uh, of, uh, um, of uh, travels and adventures, and uh, um, uh, and it's it's a strange mixture of uh, uh, science fiction text, uh, uh, explorers' uh, account, uh, travel writing, uh, anthropology, uh, and uh, so in uh, these these publications uh, we have the first conflation of colonial idea, uh, scientific ideas, uh, and fantasy. So it's interesting you mentioned um, travel, you know, travel themes because. Um, writings on sci-fi go back to, you know, you talk about Dante, or I read that um, even the, the adventures or travels of Marco Polo are considered, in a, in a sense, proto-science fiction. So it's interesting that you bring up travel as a theme. Yeah, uh, there are some texts that refer to travel more directly, like Paolo Mantegazza, The Year 3000, is available in its English uh, translation. Uh, and in this book, uh, uh, there is actually a honeymoon of uh, uh, two fictional characters uh, who move from the United States of Europe uh, uh, to East. And it's uh, kind of interesting that uh, uh, all the places where they go, they're represented as uh, tyrannical, uh, as uh, uh, inferior, as desert, uh, where uh, the uh, um, Europeans uh, have to bring uh, civilization. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the movie, uh, the, uh, the kind of uh, um, the, this main character, Paolo, uh, builds uh, a panopticon. And the panopticon is uh, portrayed as uh, uh, as uh, the as a solution of uh, uh, of many troubles uh, on, on uh, um, for for humans uh, mm. because this machine that, that can actually control uh, what humans are doing is uh, uh, considered uh, to uh, to be a great invention uh, it is actually interesting to see this machine and this invention uh, you know uh, through Philip K Dick uh, minority report uh, etc where the idea of a of a controlled society the idea of a machine that can actually see uh, humans uh, when, when they cannot, uh, you know, without them knowing, uh, is actually a dystopic imaginary. But the idea of travel is also present uh, in the text uh, in multiple forms. Many of the uh, novels uh, or the movies that we analyze uh, are actually uh, translations or adaptations uh, of, uh, of text, especially of, of American uh, science fiction uh, works. Uh, so they are texts that travel um the travel to Italy, uh, but uh, um, we don't see Italian science fiction as a derivative genre. It is precisely in the act of translation that Italian science fiction authors uh, create uh, a kind of different from the dominant uh, American uh, culture. No? So there is, uh, they always adapt uh, some of the American science fiction work uh, with a difference. 
A great example of that uh, is uh, the uh, I am uh, the uh, I am legend uh, the, the 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 movie uh, the first version of the of the uh, Richard Matheson's novel I am legend the last man on earth. Mm, this movie is actually an Italian-American uh, production. It is entirely set uh, in Rome, um, and uh, it is interesting that uh, uh, the, the the kind of urban landscape in which it takes place uh, is uh, the Eur, uh, which has uh, this uh, rationalist, uh, fascist architecture. There are also references uh, to Italy's uh, uh, fascist uh, past. There are actually at a certain point at the end of the movie, uh, the uh, the, the, those uh, who haven't been contaminated, who haven't become zombies, uh, are represented as black skirts, uh, and they kill the last man on earth. So in that adaptation, connecting the story of I Am Legend to uh, some events uh, that happened in recent Italian history, such as uh, fascism and its legacy, and its legacy uh, with of course, the obsession uh, with uh, uh, um, with race that is so present in fascist ideology and is also so present in I Am Legend. In I Am Legend, the main character uh, is uh, uh, the last man on earth. He wants to he has to kill uh, these uh, uh, zombie-like uh, figures, uh, and at the end, he finds himself uh, uh, to be uh, the last uh, the monster actually to this new. Uh, mm, uh, Race that is actually this is actually the majority on Earth. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that by traveling this text from the U.S. Uh, to Italy, uh, it, it brings in a new meaning to this text. On the one hand, for an Italian audience, we have the legacy of fascism mm -hmm. and colonialism. There is actually a scene in which uh, you know the, uh, mm, uh, the, the, the the zombies, people who are infected. Uh, are actually uh, thrown in, in um, uh, uh, they're actually they are killed there is a mass extermination of this uh, uh, subhuman and on the other hand uh, for the American audiences uh, they can uh, see Italy, this new place uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, almost uh, uh, almost a colony for the for the U.S. in the in the sense that uh, uh, it was uh, so important uh, for the uh, development of American cinema in the 1960s. So many American productions were present there. Uh, so many uh, American bases were present on the Italian territory. Uh, the American cultural uh, influence was also widespread uh, in Italy. Uh, and they kind of see a resistance uh, to that uh, colonial fantasy, to Italy being uh, uh, a kind of Americanized place. In the movie, Italy is presented as, uh, as, uh, as, as almost an extension of America. As a monstrous, uh, uh, as a monstrous extension of America, as a place that is uh, where uh, you know there there can be an insurrection, there can be a resistance. In fact, uh, I think about uh, another monster movie that is set uh, in Italy, uh, 20 million miles uh, to Earth. Uh, we have a similar story in which uh, the, um, the there is a monster. Uh, who attacks uh, the earth in this case uh, is Italy is actually first Sicily and then and then, and then Rome mm -hmm. uh, and the American army uh, is present there and kill the monster without uh, you know showing any presence of the Italian police 
Mm. So it's kind of interesting that when we think about uh, the peripheries uh, of uh, the American Empire after uh, World War II, we can think of Italy as one of those peripheries. I'm speaking with Dr. Simone Brioni, co-author of Italian Science Fiction, The Other in Literature and Film. You can find his webpage at Stony Brook University, or you can find him on Twitter at Simone Brioni. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate it on whatever podcast feed you're listening to it on. Also, please follow, like, and comment on my webpage, chrisalvarez.com or fullcontactnerd.com. You can find more information at YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter under Chris Alvarez FCN or Instagram under Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi. If you like military history, please check out the podcast Military History Inside Out, also at warscholar.org. And if you like space exploration, please check out the podcast Spacewalks Money Talks, also at spacewalksmoneytalks.com. Now back to the podcast. So I wanted to um, ask about sort of fascism and science fiction. I think European fascism uh, early on sort of embraced the idea of the future in that they could engineer people and engineer their societies and and they saw a new you know shiny future without without um imperfections i think i i get that se- that sense and i'm wondering if italian fascists embrace science fiction in any way or the fu- you know futuristic writings or ideas absolutely on the one hand, uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, fascism wanted to uh, reject American science fiction and everything coming from the U.S. Uh, and kind of Italianized, uh, uh, you know, all cultural productions, uh, because, of course, uh, Italians wanted to watch uh, American movies and, uh, uh, and read American literature. And uh, we have the movement uh, of futurism, uh, so an artistic and social movement uh, that originated uh, in Italy in the early uh, 20th century. Uh, For futurism, the idea of war, but the idea also of conquest uh, is key. And in particular, in the work of Filippo Tommasi Marinetti, perhaps... uh, because he was also, you know, he was born actually in Egypt and he kind of had to justify throughout his uh, career his Italianness. He wrote his first manifesto in, uh, in French uh, uh, and then he translated it in, in Italian. Uh, the Africa really plays a role as uh, the other. Uh, as uh, uh, as completely opposed uh, to uh, to the idea of civilization that is present uh, in uh, uh, that is ingrained in the idea of futurism, European modernity, uh, and uh, and also connected with the idea of fascism. Mm-hmm. Since the book does cover about a 160 year period, what would you say are the major periods? Um, for Italian science fiction within that 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 range yeah i think the, the, what characterizes uh, this story is uh, uh the fact that uh, there is a no no linear genealogy between uh, uh, the works of uh, italian science fiction which means uh, that most uh, Italian science fiction uh, writers, they read uh, foreign science fiction rather than reading previous uh, uh, science fiction. Uh, So uh, the history of science fiction uh, is, uh, is kind of 
consistent yet at the same time uh, th there is no Italian motors look more uh, abroad rather than uh, uh, being connected uh, creating a proper movement uh, or discussions about certain things um, a period that uh, I, I find uh, particularly um, interesting are the 1970s because uh, uh, in the 1970s, since the beginning of the 1970s, uh, mid-1970s, uh, Italy becomes uh, a, a country of, uh, of immigration. And so um, we can see how the, the a new Italian identity is formed, and of course on the on the level of the imaginary, and in particular in genre literature, one of the key themes of our book is precisely the fact that minor genres like science fiction science fiction is uh, is is really a genre uh, that it didn't receive uh, any kind of scholarly uh, attention in Italy um, minor genres precisely because uh, people you know they, they weren't really interested in them have very radical ideas uh, uh, about uh, uh, specific issues in particular the idea of racism in the 1970s for example there are many texts written by uh, by by women uh, and you know in the 1970s and also in the 1980s uh, that uh, uh, introduced uh, in Italian culture the idea of intersectionality you know, of problematizing the idea of race and gender through a genre that you know not many people care about and in the same period uh, so uh, in the 1980s where actually migration be became uh, more uh, widespread and actually people could visibly see the presence uh, of, of foreigners uh, in Italian streets, um, uh, th there were uh, also the science fiction genre and in particular in association with horror movies uh, or zombie movies, uh, th th these kind of movies were very popular because uh, the others were portrayed as uh, invaders as non-human figures uh, entering the national borders, uh, entering uh, uh, the nation, uh, and, uh, and perhaps uh, uh, spreading, uh, and they were very menacious uh, uh, figures, you know, very threatening uh, presences. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone loves H.P. Lovecraft, and um, it's, it's I, at this point, I think it's commonly acknowledged that a lot of his horror comes out of sort of his racist feelings, you know, that those who were different became his, his antagonists. And um, it sounds like Italy had that sort of issue, too, with its ideas of the alien or, or the monster. Yeah, definitely. But there are not only uh, these uh, imaginary monsters. Uh, there is uh, perhaps one of the more, uh, one of the most um, fascinating parts of the book uh, is... Uh, you know, the revisitation of the story, uh, of the history, of Italian history, through uh, the use of alternate history, uh, of, alter of the alternate history genre. Uh, for example, Mario Farnetti uh, wrote uh, this kind of uh, uh, neo-fascist uh, uh, alternate history in which uh, uh, Italy uh, wins uh, World War II 
and uh, uh, is uh, uh, actually becomes a world power. But this is a celebratory view of fascism, uh, because still there is a divided memory of that historical period in Italian culture, and it is interesting that, on the other hand, uh, you know, in the in the years 2000, there is another trilogy which was actually much more successful, uh, the uh, by uh, written by Enrico Brizzi, and uh, this uh, uh, this story again imagines uh, what what would have happened if Mussolini won World War II, uh, and imagines that fascism uh, you know would uh, um, create an alliance uh, with Britain uh, and actually win World War II. Uh, this uh, the first novel of this trilogy is set uh, uh, in the Horn of Africa, and uh, describes uh, an imaginary, uh, you know, uh, soccer uh, competition, soccer tournament in which different teams uh, from the Horn of Africa, uh, they you know, they actually play against each other, and the main character is a journalist uh, writing about, uh, uh, you know, this this tournament. But what is interesting is that. Uh, the alternative, the, the alternative history uh, story that is presented there is actually, again, talking about uh, Berlusconi's Italy, is revisiting fascism, uh, showing how uh, the uh, rise of the Christian Democrat Party and uh, the post-war period actually wasn't the end of certain ideas of fascism, and actually how uh, the legacy of colonialism permeates uh, contemporary Italian culture, uh, because still not many people are aware of uh, the fact uh, that uh, Italy actually had, uh, had colonies. Mm, yeah, correct, yeah. Um, so how much, it sounds like there's not much Italian science fiction that addresses embracing or becoming um, allied with the other. Is there is there sort of a more, I guess, a liberal bent in, in Italian sci-fi at all? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There is a resistance uh, to a certain kind of uh, uh, of narration. You know, be before, uh, I mean, there are, since the, uh, the year 2000, we have actually migrants uh, writing their stories uh, using the science fiction genre. Mm. Uh, and this is a very interesting, uh, you know, revisitation of the genre and response uh, um, to uh, these previous science fiction uh, Im imaginary. In fact, uh, we can actually see Afrofuturism as a specific response uh, to uh, futurism. Mm. Uh, but there are also, uh, you know, uh, the dystopic genre, for example, has been uh, incredibly uh, rich, in particular since, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the 1990s, uh, in particular uh, redefining or trying to challenge uh, the, the rise of neo-nationalist uh, movements. Uh, um, in the 1990s, uh, the Northern League, a country that originally actually wanted to divide Italy in two, uh, became very popular. Uh, and uh, several novels and movies have created this kind of dystopic world uh, in which the North uh, is uh, uh, separated from uh, the South. Uh, I think about the movie Nirvana, uh, uh, um, which can be seen as a dystopic depiction of the tensions between an imaginary Northern agglomerate and the rest of the world. Uh, or a Tullio Avoledo dystopic novel about the memory of the Holocaust 
Holocaust, which is also set in an imaginary northeast, uh, the girl from Bayont, which is also translated in English, uh, or uh, Francesco Paterno's movie, Cosa dell'altro mondo, Things of Another, uh, of another World. Um, in which uh, you know it uh, imagines uh, what would happen in uh, the northeast, uh, which is one of the most productive industrialized area of Italy, if all the immigrants uh, uh, would uh, uh, disappear. So there are many novels and uh, and, and movies that have actually challenged uh, this new nationalism uh, and uh, uh, and racist uh, uh, identitarian ideologies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So for um, English-speaking audiences, I wanted to name a few uh, productions and books, authors that people might be aware of, but won't, wouldn't necessarily associate with uh, Italian science fiction. Um, and you just tell me, you, you can just comment on, on these names that I throw out here. Um, I'll say them all mm-hmm. at once. Uh, so Barbarella, you know, famed uh, 60s sci-fi was... Uh, I guess part, at least partly in Italian production, you have the show Space 1999 was, um, I guess, a part partly in Italian production. Uh, Dune, I, I think the 2000 version of Dune was partly in Italian production. And then um, the author is Italo Calvino and, um, and even Primo Levi uh, are considered yeah. Italian um science fiction writers in a sense so if you want to comment on any of what i mentioned yeah uh, so yeah primo levi uh, the uh, the entire uh, work of primo levi uh, was recently translated in english is definitely one of the most interesting writers but uh, of italian science fiction he uh, actually wrote uh, a science fiction uh, uh, text under um, a pen name um, because uh, he kind of wanted to distinguish uh, uh, this work from uh, the idea of uh, from what he wrote uh, about the Holocaust uh, and his uh, um, experience in concentration camps. Um, and uh, uh, there are great stories. Uh, they're mostly about consumerism, and uh, they are incredibly, uh, incredibly interesting and rich. Guido uh, Morselli, Past Conditional, uh, uh, which was uh, uh, translated in 1991, uh, is a great um, um, uh, alternate uh, history uh, novel, uh, which uh, uh, it's, it's incredibly interesting. But then there are also many uh, movies, uh, like, uh, you know, before uh, we, we discussed Nirvana, for example. Besides uh, uh, Primo Levi, Italo Calvino is, of course, translated in English, and Mario Soldati, The Emerald. Uh, they are both, uh, uh, let's say, bordering uh, uh, with uh, fantasy. Um, they are, uh, and um, what is interesting in Soldati's, uh, uh, in Soldati's book uh, is that he kind of imagines an alternative geography, um, in, in a cold war, uh, during the Cold War, so we don't have the Eastern and the Western Bloc, but uh, a kind of a sinusoid uh, dividing the planet uh, into, uh, into different uh, parts. Uh, and I find this 
a new geography, very interesting, uh, because uh, uh, the Cold War in Italy wasn't cold uh, at all, um, because uh, there were, uh, you know, Italy had uh, a very strong communist party, but was under the American influence, uh, and so it's kind of interesting how it, many Italian science fiction works, uh, they kind of challenge uh, this division uh, between the East uh, and, the, uh, and the West uh, uh, by creating alternative uh, uh, geographies. Tullio Voledo, La Ragazza di Vaillant, The Girl from Vaillant, is also an incredibly interesting text and is available in its English uh, uh, translation. It's a dystopic uh, story uh, which uh, kind of combines uh, uh, the rise of the, the neo, of new fascism, of new fascist groups uh, in, uh, in northern Italy with uh, uh, the, the, the disaster of the uh, Vaillant uh, uh, dam, uh, which happened in 1963, uh, uh, and it's kind of an unusual love story um, set in Friuli region, uh, Friuli completely beset by, by civil war, political instability, and ethnic cleansing. Hmm. So how um, extensive, thinking about the movies and TV show I mentioned, how extensive has been and is Italian uh, film and TV sci-fi production? Yeah, there are many um, Italian uh, science fiction uh, movies. Perhaps the most, uh, you know, the one of the most uh, important production is uh, the movie uh, Nirvana. Uh, it's a movie that tells uh, the story of a virtual reality game designer, Jimmy, interpreted by by Christopher Lambert, uh, who finds out uh, that the main character of his game, Solo, uh, uh, has achieved, uh, uh, has become uh, uh, real, no? has uh, kind of, uh, has become independent. Hmm. And, uh, and so there is this play, this cyberpunk interplay between the virtual reality and uh, uh, the reality that the video game creator uh, is, uh, is thinking about. There is uh, Kaltiki, The Immortal Monster, one of the first movies by Mario Bava, uh, which uh, is a movie uh, set uh, in an imaginary Mexico, uh, and uh, it's uh, one of the few Italian monster movies, as you have probably realized by all the movies uh, and, uh, and novels that I mentioned, uh, hard science fiction isn't really popular in the Italian context, uh, but there are also uh, movies uh, that, um, that have uh, influenced uh, American science fiction. Planet of Vampires, uh, for example, uh, is, is a movie uh, that has influenced Alien, uh, for example. There are some uh, scenes, uh, uh, the, the, the whole story of this movie, uh, according to some, has influenced Alien. And then uh, another interesting uh, uh, movie which is a superhero movie, is, uh, uh, they call him uh, uh, Jig, uh, lo chiamavano Jig Robot, uh, made in 2016, mm -hmm. uh, which is a story of, uh, set in the peripheries of Rome, of a man who uh, kind of be becomes uh, a superhero and fights uh, uh, the, uh, the local uh, criminality. But what is interesting here is that uh, the superhero isn't necessarily good. 
no? Uh, the Italian superheroes, uh, uh, they actually behave uh, like bad, uh, bad guys, no? We don't really have uh, the separation between, uh, uh, between the good guys and the bad guys. I think, I think this, is, uh, this characterizes Italian popular uh, productions. Uh, I think about, uh, for example, Sergio Leone's movies uh, and his westerns, uh, where the good, the bad, and the ugly, they are all bad <laughs> and ugly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think this kind of uh, uh, indistinct separation be- between good guys and bad guys kind of characterizes Italian sensation. I'm speaking with Dr. Simone Brioni, co-author of Italian Science Fiction, The Other in Literature and Film. You can find his webpage at Stony Brook University, or you can find him on Twitter at Simone Brioni. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate it on whatever podcast feed you're listening to it on. Also, please follow, like, and comment on my webpage, chrisalvarez.com or fullcontactnerd.com. You can find more information at YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter under Chris Alvarez FCN or Instagram under Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi. If you like military history, please check out the podcast Military History Inside Out, also at warscholar.org. And if you like space exploration, please check out the podcast Spacewalks Money Talks, also at spacewalksmoneytalks.com. Now back to the podcast. How did you decide, how did you do your research? Did you just gather together all the books and movies and TVs you could find and just go through them? Or how, how did you, how, how did you juggle all this? Yeah, um, most of the, um, I found most of my books uh, on uh, Italian uh, book stands uh, or uh, second-hand bookshops. Uh, most of Italian science fiction can be found uh, there, and it's actually very, uh, very cheap. Uh, it was kind of interesting to look for Italian authors, uh, because very often they wrote under an American fake pen name, uh, because it was more marketable to, mm-hmm. to pass for an American. So it was kind of uh, interesting to look uh, at uh, what they were, uh, you know, uh, to, to look in the book stands and to find out uh, which pseudonyms uh, the Italian authors uh, used. Um, I found uh, the, an entire collection, I was very lucky because I found an entire collection of the Journal of uh, uh, the Adventures uh, and Travels uh, in a book, uh, uh, in a book stand uh, in Rome. And uh, so that was, uh, that was very uh, lucky. But, uh, so that, was how I collected most of the most of the books. I have to say that uh, I have also met uh, some people who were very um, important for my research. Uh, first of all, uh, I met uh, the son of Lucia Dermo, uh, Marco Dermo in Rome, and, um, and he talked uh, to me about his mom, about her, her work, uh, and about her very interesting story, because uh, Lucia Dermo, uh, which wrote this amazing book called uh, they, uh, they Will Leave, uh, is a book about uh, uh, sympathetic aliens uh, coming uh, on Earth. Uh, and... Um, uh, this book, uh, uh, so she, she, he talks about uh, he talked about his, the story of her mom, who actually was a fascist sympathizer, and then uh, uh, she went uh, basically uh, voluntarily on concentration camps because she wanted to see if it was real. <laughs> 
Mm. If the story that you heard about uh, concentration camps were real, and then she escaped them, uh, she escaped concentration camps, she was lucky enough to escape, but uh, she uh, lost uh, the use of her legs uh, during a bombing. So she came back to Italy, she became anti-fascist, and, to, and she wrote about her experience in concentration camps uh, in a book called uh, um, Deviazione, Deviation, which uh, has been published in English, and uh, she also wrote his uh, science fiction text, Parkirano, which is incredible. But also, uh, I was very lucky because while, while I was writing uh, uh, a section of my book on uh, Enrico Brizzi's uh, uh, alternate history uh, novels, uh, I actually met Enrico Brizzi, uh, and I was able to talk to him about, uh, about uh, the novels. Hmm. And the films, uh, films and TV, was that uh, difficult to um, to find? No, it wasn't difficult because there are still some uh, um, uh, some. You know, I was able to find uh, to find copies uh, um, with uh, you know in in Rome. Uh, there are actually uh, there are, there is a community of fans. Uh, uh, which also, uh, you know, directed me to, uh, mm, you know, gave me uh, some copies of old movies, uh, or, uh, you know, when, when I was talking about uh, uh, my research, uh, they were actually uh, very kind and gave me indications on how to find these movies. So um, I have to thank uh, them. I have to say that, uh, you know, I didn't uh, grow up as a science fiction uh, fan. I became uh, interested in this genre later on because it seemed that he really talked about my uh, my uh, my reality but I, I am not really in touch uh, with uh, you know with a lively community of fans uh, uh, that is present in Italy uh, and uh, so uh, thanks to this research uh, I, I I got in contact uh, with this vibrant uh, community what part of the research was most enjoyable for you a major part of my research uh, is about migration literature, so I mostly uh, read uh, autobiographically inspired stories uh, by migrants. Some of these stories uh, are very um, tragic. Um, so reading science fiction, uh, even if uh, uh, you know the, the ways in which we approach science fiction was really pretty much oriented uh, uh, towards uh, critical race studies, postcolonial theory, etc. But I found it very, uh, very you know enjoyable that uh, you know I was able to read stories that were nece- necessarily about uh, uh, you know re- let's say stories uh, autobiographical stories. Mm-hmm. What did you find that was most surprising? Uh, something that I found very uh, surprising is this idea that it is uh, through minor genres uh, that major themes, uh, themes that are so relevant uh, and so important in, in today's uh, world, are discussed. No? So the idea of, uh, of racism, for example, wasn't really present uh, for such a long time in Italian mainstream culture. But it kind of survived, was discussed in Italian science fiction, probably because Italian writers were reading American texts or British texts in which these themes were so were so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second
second idea is uh, the idea of uh, uh, of adaptation. I found it very interesting uh, to see how translation, uh, thanks to translation or by you know uh, presenting a cultural product as American, certain ideas were able to enter into the Italian uh, cultural context. And I'm also interested in issues of translations because, uh, uh, you know, translation is really, uh, can really be uh, like a censorship. For example, I was reading uh, the English uh, translation of uh, Mario Soldati, The Emerald, and it specifically talks about uh, uh, Roma. Um, and uh, uh, the uh, Romani people, which actually have a very important role in Italian science fiction. They are surprisingly, this is something that I also find very surprising, they, are, they, they occupy a very important role in many Italian uh, novels. And uh, uh, this whole part, which is actually, you know, kind of ten, about 10 pages of the original text, were completely cut off in the translation. Hmm. Because uh, that uh, part uh, was uh, kind of untranslatable, perhaps, for the American audience, or wasn't really considered to be entirely science fiction. No? So I kind of find it very interesting uh, uh, how, uh, trans- uh, how uh, science fiction circulates, and perhaps something that is considered to be science fiction in a cultural context is not uh, in another context. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. I'm curious who made that decision to, um, whoever published it, um, made that decision to, to cut that part out. That's interesting. The translator, uh, usually, and it, but of course, it, the same happened uh, in Italy too. Of course, when it comes to popular uh, literature, uh, you know, philology is not so important. Uh, so translators uh, usually cut off uh, uh, consistent part of you know important science fiction novels. This happened all the time, uh, you know, also when you know British American texts or foreign texts were translated in Italian. No, uh, mm. perhaps they had only a specific number of pages uh, available, so they had to fit, uh, let's say, 100 pages, so they cut off <laughs> entire parts uh, of major science fiction works. And I hope that, uh, you know, the scholarly interest uh, in science fiction uh, brings back also some attention about having in Italian, having translated in Italian uh, some texts that perhaps were translated in the 1960s uh, without uh, paying too much attention uh, to how they, these attacks were translated. Was there was there a difficult uh, question in your research that you you it took a while for you to come to a conclusion on, or do you or which maybe you still feel ambivalent about um, the answer you reached? Yeah, to be honest, uh, I I think uh, um, the the work for this book uh, was actually very prolific. We actually didn't have, uh, you know, we, we, Daniel and I, it was very, it was great uh, to collaborate uh, and to discuss our ideas uh, because uh, uh, we could constantly check uh, what we were uh, saying, what we were writing, etc. But I have to say that uh, after this book, uh, we actually wrote a second book because, uh, you know, we had uh, this time in Italian and it will come out uh, um, in, uh, it will be out uh, in uh, in February. Mm. Um, And uh, in this uh, book, uh, we kind of uh, 
uh, extend some of the themes that, that are present uh, in, uh, in, in Italian science fiction, the other in literature and film. We also, um, in, in this case, the book is more thematic, mm. uh, and uh, we... We talk about uh, you know uh, the time machine and how the time machine is uh, present uh, in uh, in Italian uh, works uh, to discuss uh, uh, the uh, uh, you know the, the, the different temporalities of different places on Earth, which was uh, which is still connected with the idea of colonialism. We discuss uh, uh, the idea of robots and how robots uh, are included in science fiction and are usually feminine. Uh, to talk uh, about uh, the role that women must have in Italian society. Uh, there is a chapter called Ital Exit, uh, which discusses the fantasies uh, uh, of, uh, uh, you know, of Italy leaving uh, the European Union, and it's usually a dystopic, uh, uh, these are usually dystopic uh, texts, and a text about uh, the posthuman, uh, in which uh, we um, discuss uh, an incredibly uh, interesting uh, text, uh, Sirene, Sirens, uh, by Laura Pugno, uh, which is just set uh, in Japan and talks about uh, a future in which uh, humans will be replaced by these uh, sirens, by these uh, kind of half-human uh, anthropomorphic uh, uh, figures, you know, so it really discusses uh, uh, about, uh, uh, it, re it really talks about uh, post-humanism. And you said that one's just going to be in Italian, though, not English? Not in English, unfortunately, yeah. I hope that this text, uh, the text that we just published, uh, actually, you know, uh, can contribute to have some of the books uh, uh, translated in English. Yeah. Because that second one sounds really important, too, for anyone interested in science fiction. Um, yeah. So what do you hope the book will do? Just educate people about Italian science fiction or give them... What kind of ideas do you want to present to the reader that they take come yeah. away with? There are... Uh, we, we obviously have at least two readership from our American and British readers. Um, I think it would be important to place Italian science fiction in the radar of global science fiction. A few... Uh, some years ago, uh, a book locating science fiction came out, and it didn't even mention Italian science fiction, so it would be important to actually have... Uh, uh, you know, to, to think about, uh, uh, you know, how Italian science fiction contributed to global science fiction. We have incredibly rich work such as, uh, you know, uh, Rank Xerox, which was uh, uh, influenced uh, by uh, Japanese science fiction and also has an incredible uh, influence uh, uh, in Europe and, uh, and in the U.S. Frank Zappa actually chose Ron Xerox figure for his for his uh, um, album uh, The Man from Utopia, mm. uh, and on the other hand, uh, for our Italian readers, uh, we would like, of course, them to be aware of the importance of science fiction in the in in in, in Italian intellectual history uh, and uh, literary and, uh, and 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 cinematic history, but also uh, we would like to. Uh, to show how important uh, colonialism, uh, migrations, uh, and, and the issue of racism is uh, in uh, uh, in Italian history. So uh, 
I think uh, I, we hope that our reader will become more familiar uh, with the history of Italian colonialism and with its legacy uh, on uh, today's society. Why do you think uh, Italian sci-fi literature um, hasn't been fully embraced by English speakers? Is it simply the language barrier, or do you think just the themes didn't resonate, or, or, or what's the obstacle there? The obstacle is that uh, most uh, Italian science fiction writers, uh, they didn't associate uh, with the genre. Calvino never called himself uh, a science fiction uh, writer. Levy wrote under a pseudonym. Uh, the other texts were also marketed, not as science fiction, uh, uh, science fiction texts, but rather as, uh, you know, crime stories or uh, fantasy stories. Uh, so uh, the few uh, proper science fiction writers, uh, they are very, they are minor within the Italian canon, and that's why they don't get translated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess, yeah, publishers would not see the money in it, so they sort of ignore it and move on. Yeah, and I think there is also a tradition uh, that associates Italy with realism, uh, which, uh, of course, it's, a, it's an obstacle uh, for translating science fiction. Audiences, uh, when they look at an Italian movie, they expect uh, a neorealist or a realist uh, uh, novel or movie rather than a fantasy or a science fiction uh, novel or movie. Yeah. Did you have any difficulties finishing the book or getting it published? One difficulty is that Italy is a multi-centered uh, uh, country. So when we look at Italian science fiction, we have to consider that the history of Italian science fiction in Bologna is different from the history of Italian science fiction in Rome and in other, in, in other cities. So becoming aware of this, uh, these multiple stories uh, was one level of, uh, of difficulty. Uh, and then, uh, of course, it was, uh, it was kind of uh, difficult uh, to, uh, you know, we don't approach uh, the genre from within uh, the science fiction community or communities, but uh, uh, we, are, we come from outside. You know, we look at this, we have an external position, not just because we are not part of this, uh, of this, uh, uh, of this fandom, but also because uh, we live uh, in different countries. I live uh, in the U.S. Uh, and Daniela lives in France. And so uh, one difficulty was also the distance uh, from, uh, uh, you know, from the tax uh, that we, uh, or the, the cultural artifacts in the community that read these attacks uh, but you know luckily uh, you know uh, thanks to uh, internet uh, uh, communication is is more is more is more easy and so we're able to to kind of fill in this gap so you mentioned you, you mentioned the the second book that's coming out in Italian in February do you have a writing project that you're working on or planning on beyond that one Yes, I actually am working on two different uh, uh, projects. One is uh, a movie. I'm actually I'm currently writing a movie with uh, Genevieve Macaping. Uh, it's part of a trilogy of movies about uh, African writers uh, writing in Italian, mm -hmm. uh, and it will be set uh, in, uh, in Mantua. 
Uh, and uh, uh, the second writing project that I have is with Shirin and Sanali Fazel, um, a writer who uh, um, comes from Somalia, writes uh, in Italian, but and currently lives uh, in Birmingham. And we are writing about, uh, um, uh, we are writing a book about uh, collaboration and the importance uh, of uh, collaborating uh, in order to decolonize uh, academia. Hmm, interesting. Where can people find your work on the web? Do you have social media or web page or anything? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, then my personal uh, web page uh, on um, my website on Stony Brook University there's a list of um, you know my publications uh, but also on academia.com uh, uh, so yeah I'm, uh, but my my, my web page uh, on Sunnybrook uh, uh, on the Sunnybrook website is the best uh, place to to find my my publication and to contact me your your Twitter account is that does that deal with your professional work or is that more? Ah, right? it's Simone Brioni. It mostly deals, uh, yeah, it mostly uh, deals with my professional work. Uh, is at uh, Simone Brioni. Okay, my first name and last name. I'll spell that for listeners. That's S I M O N E B R I O N I. That's correct. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. So that's at Simone Brioni on Twitter. Okay, so that's all the questions I have. Do you have any final thoughts or words? Um, no, I would like to thank you for this uh, opportunity. Yeah, thank you. I, I I feel like I learned a lot. I, I knew next to nothing about Italian sci-fi, and I feel like I know a lot more now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, Full Contact Nerd, please subscribe. Please also rate Full Contact Nerd and review it if you can. I have many more options to nerd out on sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. You can check out my website, chrisalvarez.com. That's Chris without an H. I have 20 mini-blogs on the site covering sci-fi, fantasy, horror, gaming, writing, mysteries, folklore, mythology, and many more topics. You can find my video playlists and my original videos on YouTube under Chris Alvarez. I cover sci-fi short films and games, fantasy fiction, horror short films and games, video and board game design, and more. You can get interesting news on fiction and fiction studies on my Twitter page, Chris Alvarez FCN. You can find cosplay and convention photos on my Instagram page, Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi. You can sign up for my newsletter on new books on my websites chrisalvarez.com or fullcontactnerd.com. Thank you for listening, and keep imagining the past, the present, and the future.